This is the Saxo Market Call. Daily insights on what is moving the financial markets. Hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call. It's Monday, 5th of December, 2022. Interesting uh, market reaction to interesting data on Friday. So we had the payrolls uh, change better than expected, plus 263K. Still that big mismatch between the household survey, which is used to compute the unemployment rate. It stayed steady at 3.7%, but the participation rate dropped 0.2%. The only way to describe or to explain that discrepancy would be that people are taking multiple jobs. Quite possible in a cost of living crisis for those, uh, especially in the lower end of the wage uh, specter. We also got much hotter than expected average hourly earnings, but we failed to sort of hold higher uh, in terms of the yield reaction and the dollar reaction. This data caught the market off guard because we were leaning uh, sort of on, on the weak side for the dollar, et cetera, because of some other weak base, recent data points. But the market quickly erased the market reaction to the data, and we sort of ended up unchanged on the day. Interesting doji candlestick, if you look at our slide two chart there. But we're still above that key uh, sort of uh, uh, resistance that was uh, taken out on the way up, still above 4,000, and that is the key level-ish, 4,000 to 4,025 uh, for the S&P 500. Uh, Peter, what was your takeaway here? I mean, it was just a an odd case of uh, you know data that seemed significant. The market reacted to it and then decided it wasn't worth reacting to uh, on the day. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I we talked about it on the podcast last week and the week before that. That you know the there's just a lot of noise in the uh, in the. I think there's a lot of noise in a lot of the macro indicators. They all over the place. Um, there's a lot of noise in the in the trading environment. Uh, we talked about it before a couple of weeks ago that. You know the the uh, the year had been so good for those that bet on uh, on interest rate going higher, equities lower, etc. Um, so they were sitting on such fat uh, PLs that they wouldn't participate meaningfully uh, on the short side, um, and that has led the led to an initiative on the on the among the bulls, and 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 that's where we are on the S and P 500. As you also indicate, we're still in an uptrend. Uh, still trading above that 200-day moving average, although we um, could push uh, through that. So that's of course important to uh, to um, to watch. And then of course the 4,000 level if we really push uh, push lower. So, but John, I, I mean the U.S. 10-year yield is around three and a half. The big is around 19. Um, the data looks still surprisingly strong in the in the U.S. Um, I don't know what to make of it. Um, equities will just continue to, uh, I think, do okay here in the short term until we sort of grab the next uh, the next narrative. And I think the the hourly earnings, John, and the the whole wage dynamic it's so important for the uh, for the uh, the operating margins of companies and and inflation dynamics next year. So um, I, I I don't know really what to 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 make of it all, but except that I, I I don't I don't I think it's too early to call a victory here. And I think the people are really betting on inflation getting uh, massively under control here. I think are underestimating some of these very strong underlying inflation dynamics and also the financial condition index uh, really been easing so much in the past couple of weeks. I, I think the Fed will, will like to see those conditions uh, tighten again as we uh, roll into January. Yeah, I didn't see in the market got enough of a signal from Powell that he was he wasn't pushing back enough against that to uh, to signal that they needed to tighten those financial conditions. We have our own little measure of uh, risk indicator and, and financial conditions, the global risk indicator. I put it up on uh, slide three there. It just sort of shows where we are in terms of uh, relative to a moving average. And you can just see how much we're at the most improved relative to the longer term moving average here we've been. Uh, basically all year, you can see there was a, a brief, uh, a, you know, you can't really compare these data points. It just shows where you are versus the moving average, but still very interesting. 
very easy, as you indicated. I did put a VIX chart up there. We're at the new local lows there. There was only one couple of uh, days there that was uh, that had easier financial conditions since the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, another thing that's adding into the narrative here and this this uh, pricing in of a soft landing, uh, wouldn't it be ironic, Peter, if we have a, a relatively soft landing for the economy, but we have a somewhat hard landing for profits because uh, average <laughs> earnings are, are creeping uh, so much significantly higher. Uh, and because the uh, because of yields coming in higher, the uh, whole leveraging up balance sheets prevents that source of uh, improving the earnings side on the P.E., etc., um, so we also have the Chinese opening up story continuing to bubble along and provide some support. Commodities are up a bit uh, more cities that are opening up and, and removing restrictions and things like having to show a proof of a negative PCR test before hopping on public transportation, etc. So that is adding to the local uh, situation here and narrative coming into this week. Well, we're seeing a little bit of risk off this morning. Don't know what that's all about. But um yeah, I think the, the case is a bit more clear cut in Europe. I think you'll agree, and I'm suspecting that's what you're going to tell us on slide four with your uh, recession indicator here, simply because of that that energy price shock that has been, uh, of course, far greater uh, in the Europe and, and UK than it has been elsewhere. Yeah, we 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 have high frequency data suggesting that the Black Friday and and you know the five days around Cyber Friday uh, have been quite good in the US. But if we look at at, at in the Europe, as you say, I mean, we we just really have all these knock-on effects. You know, we have the energy situation that's still lingering. Uh, food prices. We have, uh, you know, a lot of adjustable mortgages in in Europe that are, you know, from this point on is getting reset at much higher levels. So, um, and and uh, people are really seeing a, a hit to their real income. And anecdotally speaking, in in Denmark on Black Friday. We had uh, sales five percent below a year ago, um, and that's in nominal prices. So if you back out the inflation, you have you know between ten and fifteen percent lower volume going through compared to a year ago. So that's that's pretty meaningful. Keep in mind as well, of course, it's you know Black Friday it, it, here at least here in Denmark is predominantly driven by uh, consumer electronics, and and that's uh, maybe just be. I guess uh, often the cherry on the cake for many people, it's not really a necessity. It's something you you really go out and buy if you have uh, money in your pocket to to spare. Um, but and as you say, John, on slide four, we have shown this before. We have talked about it on the podcast. The uh, euro growth uh, indicator from Europe. It's from Bank of Italy. It's the one the ECB use as one of their indicators it's a, a real-time uh, gdp indicator and as you can see here we've really really uh, fallen off the skies here it's uh, we've hit an air pocket and then uh, we we are at, at you know very 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 low levels of economic activity here uh, contracting so uh, unless we get a unless we get a you know a relief in the energy market i i think we can say that europe will slip into a recession the the next question is whether it will be a mild a, mo a moderate one a more a hard one i think it's probably too early and i don't i don't want to sound too uh too convincing on this matter um i'll probably lean towards a, a moderate recession in europe but i, I think it, it it depends on so many things can china really reopen what about the u.s economy will it continue to to power on that will help europe as well what about the energy situation we have you know a lot of uh, nuclear power plants in in france we still need to get on uh, get online on the grid could that stabilize the energy situation etc etc and what about the war in ukraine so um a lot of variables uh are in play here yeah High prices for electricity, one of those. We're seeing that here when the wind dries down, the prices go straight up to the skies. And we're about to get some really cold weather here in Europe in the coming week or so. So interesting uh, times, to say the least. And then uh, segue to slide five there, your dollar. So managing to post new highs overnight. Those have come back in a little bit this morning. 
I, yeah, I have a hard time. Uh, you know, you're going to need to continue this uh, continued melt up and easing financial conditions. I think I don't think you're going to see euro uh, reaching to the skies here on a relative growth story. It's going to be about some further extension of what we've already seen in terms of again easing financial conditions, easing concerns around liquidity, etc. Uh, if your dollar is to be driven higher here, you can see the importance of that 105 level. It's really been a magnet uh, at, at previous times back in the May June timeframe, uh, back and forth across that level. So, wouldn't be surprised to see some two way uh, price action developing there soon. Not to say we're going to lurch back into a downtrend, but uh, again, I think the upside becomes uh, now that we've gone this far, maybe a little bit more difficult from here. You can see the various trend readings. Again, that Canadian dollar one is just really extreme. Some of that on re recent MA stories. But to my mind, look at the Canadian dollar Kiwi uh, Kiwi uh, <laughs> relative strength is just absolutely staggering. Uh, some mean reversion might be coming in there soon, to say the least. Aussie rather weak ahead of the RBA tonight. It's monthly meeting. They're expected. Well, they're not expected to do anything because uh, the market's really divided here on whether they will do anything. So uh, slightly leaning in favor of another 25 basis point hike, taking their rate to only 3.1%. Uh, really quite interesting how much they've lagged some of their global peers here. Uh, and the Aussie on a low note here, very interestingly, even as we're seeing some ongoing recovery in a lot of the key commodities that uh, Australia is exposed to, its exports, of course, to China, et cetera. And with the whole Chinese positive Chinese story on opening up, you think the Aussie would be in a better place. So very interesting meeting for the RBA tonight. We got a Melbourne Institute inflation print for November overnight. It was quite a bit hotter than expected, a new high for the cycle after the official October data was actually weaker than expected. So, yeah, I think they're going to lean towards caution. That's been their their pattern of late. They're really concerned, and I think for good reason, about the uh, rolling mortgages uh, because of so many, I think, 60-plus percent in Australia on these adjustable rate mortgages and the impact that will have on household budgets in particular. So uh, that's uh, what we're looking forward to. And later in the week, the Bank of Canada out. They're slightly leaning uh, above 25 basis points for that meeting the baseline. If they do hike 25 basis points, taking the policy rate to 4%, if they go more, uh, that's going to take them even further beyond where the Fed is right now, although the Fed is expected, of course, to then leapfrog again with their December uh, 14th rate decision of plus 50 basis points. All right, let's get over to earnings. There are actually a few uh, interesting little names uh, popping up uh, this week, uh, Peter. I previewed one of those, Campbell Soup, one of the very few companies, I guess, on the value side being at... Uh, uh, at or near uh, 52 week highs is pretty unusual in this market uh, to say the least but uh, what's uh, what's your big focus this week in terms of earnings yeah <laughs> campbell soup is probably the company i would never have highlighted but that's probably because i'm not an american i, I well, no, no i just highlighted it because of where it was it's so rare to find a company that's trading near uh well maybe not all-time highs but at least low ah, okay 52 week highs okay and, it, and people are, are also if they're downgrading their uh, grocery budget to buying uh, excessively salty soups to uh yeah rather than going out to eat yeah that that makes sense we've talked about this uh, both you and i on the podcast this this ongoing substitution effect and i think that's also uh, you know and uh, something that is worth having in mind when we when we look ahead on thursday with with costco to what extent are uh, the the middle class in the U.S. really shifting around its its household budgets, uh, doing the substitution effect. I mean, it's uh, and that's really the unfortunate situation a lot of uh, low income uh, families in the U.S. are in. That they, if you're already at the lower end of the brand uh, value chain, you can't really substitute into other uh, you know less pricey brands. You, you you just have to cut down on your on your, on your consumption. Um, <clears throat> but um, yeah, so Campbell's Super that's on on Wednesday. But there's no. There's no earnings uh, today, so tomorrow I think 
Toll Brothers is one of those. We we want to uh, we want to emphasize a little bit because the we know the home builders they have been going quite strong. Um, Toll Brothers is another home builder. They their um, their fiscal year twenty two Q four ended in October. And uh, the expectation is that revenue is up six percent. Um, margins will probably do uh, okay still. Uh, to some extent, actually, margins could improve somewhat because you know, the the pressure on on uh, on lumber, etc., and other building materials needed for houses uh, they have come down somewhat. So um, that could be that could be something positive. But otherwise, we know that these companies are eating uh, into their backlog of orders, and it is that forward demand. What is really the forward demand here? Because um, you know, consensus is expecting. Uh, for all the big home builders in the U.S. that will begin to see negative uh, revenue from these companies in 2023. 20, uh, and I think here in Denmark, one of the big home builders, uh, they have seen orders uh, going down 75% compared to a year ago. So um, I, I won't ex- expect something as dramatic as that in, in the U.S., but uh, for sure it's um, it's a slowdown here. So we'll be watching that. And then as well on Thursday, except uh, besides Costco, we also have Broadcom, one of the really big ones in the technology sector. I think a top 10 on market value company. And then Lululemon, which is big and growing very fast, taking a lot of market share. They're expanding into shoes. Um, they, they started with yoga pants and everything related to yoga, <clears throat> but they've really expanded into being a you know a health, you know, a, sorry, a company selling a lot of accessories around health, yoga, you know, uh, running, shoes, et cetera. So it's a, an interesting company. We'll talk more about that as we progress through the week. Yeah, the other interesting angle on Toll Brothers, if I'm not mistaken, is the highest end of all the home builders that are listed in the U.S. Uh, quite a, a significantly more expensive house on average, I think, than the uh, than some of the other ones. Uh, well, there's any angle on that, of course, uh, I, I don't know, but that could be interesting. All right, let's look at the macro calendar for the uh, coming day and week. As mentioned, the Australian RBA, that's up tonight or Tuesday if you're in Asia. ISM services up today, and we have this uh, odd situation with some of the uh, the other survey, the S&P Global, showing that we're, the services uh, industry in the U.S. is, or services industries, are in a slight recession, whereas the uh, ISM has been indicating this up above 50 readings. And um, some have pointed to this survey perhaps being a, a little bit off kilter and that anything below perhaps 55 is beginning to suggest a recession as well. 53.3 is expected, uh, by the way, versus the 54.4 in October. A bad miss there, and you're, you're talking about, of course, uh, pointing towards more weakness here in the U.S. economy. Uh, other bits and pieces uh, this week, again, the, the Bank of Canada up. The uh, first uh, December uh, preliminary University of Michigan sentiment is up on Friday. And then next week, of course, is the big one with the November CPI and the FOMC meeting up then. Uh, by the way, the ECB is uh, seeing some more uh, somewhat uh, interesting rhetoric to pointing towards they want to move downshift to a 50 basis point move at that December 15th meeting next week. The pricing of that meeting has been edging lower as the euro has recovered and as we're getting into this peak uh, inflation narrative. It's all the way down to around 54 basis points as of this morning after being above well above 60 basis points recently. So uh, an interesting one ahead of that meeting next week. All right, let's see how uh, this week gets underway uh, after a uh, interesting Friday uh, reaction to uh, interesting data. And uh, we'll see where things stand tomorrow with the next Saxo Market Call. Thanks for listening. This has been the Saxo Market Call. For feedback and questions, reach out to us on Twitter at Saxo Market Call or by email, marketcall at saxobank.com. <laughs>